Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. What's good, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I have my fellow fiends with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. What's going on, bro? Oh, yeah. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an exceptional show ready for you today. News and notes, Fantasy Fix AFC East edition and Tales from a Dynasty. Going to make sure you guys get all the entertainment and information that you need. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend family Facebook group. And let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So let's hop right into it. I guess we'll start out with the most important pieces on the chessboard. Had a lot go on with quarterbacks this week. Um, Some things we got a little bit more clarity on. Some things we are kind of still up in the air and we don't know which direction it's going to go yet. But I guess we'll kick it off talking about Lamar. Uh, Lamar Jackson ended up getting the non-exclusive tag. So he can negotiate with other teams. But ironically a lot of the teams that seemingly needed quarterback the most came out almost immediately and said that they weren't interested in even having a conversation which immediately made me say hmm because something about this isn't quite like anything i've seen atlanta washington vegas carolina they all almost immediately unprompted came out and said yeah we're not interested in talking to him so sounds like collusion to me but um hey it's one of those things that uh it doesn't have to be discussed for it to be known if that makes sense so it kind of keeps them from having any liability but what do you guys got on this lamar situation is do you still feel the same way you felt this time last week Um, do you feel like he's out the door or is this just a a ploy by baltimore to say see hey nobody's willing to give you what you're looking for they're not even willing to give you an offer so are you going to play football with us next year or are you not going to play football what's going on here personally i feel there's a lot of moving parts here collusion could be a good word but it's a different kind of collusion where it's not really about Lamar, like a personal thing. It's really about resetting this quarterback market. Deshaun is a Haslam over there in Cleveland. He he got all the other guys upset. You know, all the owners pretty yep. much, <laughs> you know, all the owners usually pretty much like are in unison, except, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the guy in Washington or maybe the, you know, rest in peace to Al Davis, you know. Right, the, Ra- the, yeah. the Rebels, you know what I'm saying? Those guys, but for the most part, all the owners are kind of like, you know, staying together. And I think this is a, this is one of those opportunities where they're going to feel like they're going to stand together. That's why so many teams were to come out and say things they said, because Baltimore already probably had a, an idea it would happen, you know, behind the doors. It's a, I mean, because think about it. The tag that they hit him with 
it's like a maybe seven, eight million dollars from a, a, a regular fantasy from from a regular uh, franchise tag. I think this right. non-exclusive is like what 30, 32 million 32, or something like. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, thirty. And the other one is like forty-five. Forty-five, yeah. So okay. So, so by doing this, they're saving so thirteen million. It's setting a precedent that now other teams, you can go ahead and pay a little bit less or quite a bit less and string them on for what two three years right that's major i mean i could see this being a major point of contention when the cba rolls back around right so that i think that's one thing i think uh they're sticking together you know this whole no having no agent again we've seen guys uh, represent themselves before but not to a quarter of a billion dollars yeah it's a huge difference one of the biggest differences is in the fact that they weren't attempting to reset a market they they already were like in between certain players that they can say, okay, look at this contract and look at that contract. I fit nicely in between. It wasn't a, I'm trying to do something that's never been done before. And you got to tell me things to hurt my feelings because I don't have an agent. So there is no buffer. Everything that I would never have heard had I had an agent, you're telling me directly to my face or possibly even worse, some things that should be said aren't being said because you have to say it directly to my face. Right. 100%. Uh, so, but again, I think with, with the way it's going, you still can't count the Raiders out um, being that, I mean, it's still the L. Davis bloodline over there. Right. Um, only takes and, one team. And also, I, I don't think you can still count Washington out. The owner have, you know, known in the past to digging his pockets and spend money and at the same time think about it this team could very easily be sold so this could be a last this could be a last ditch like "Uh uh-huh let me go and sign to the big money and i give him my seven billion dollars and i'm gone you know what i mean so (laughs) you know what i mean so it's kind of like a stick it to you in a way but it's leaving a legacy and or a stick it to you correct so i I see either way if it goes right it's, hey, you see what I did for you before I left? But right. if it goes wrong, it's, well, I wanted to give you the middle finger before I left. So you right. can't go wrong with doing that move. So I, right. I feel you on that one. Of all the teams, well, I would say Washington and Vegas kind of stand out the most. But I was shocked when Carolina came out and was like, nah, we don't we don't need a quarterback. Like, huh? Really? But again, I seen the report came out and said, not so fast. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Because Tepper so did. second report. Yeah, because Tepper, trust gotcha. me, he want to win yesterday. Right. You know That's why I was so surprised. Yeah. yeah, so another report came out and said, you know, not so fast. It's possible. So, Especially since how all the all the other reports as far as draft is concerned was saying that Carolina was basically just going to take who was ever available when they get to pick nine if they can't move up. So if this guy is staring you in the face and you were going to use that pick anyway on a quarterback, I mean, and hopefully if everything goes right, your pick from next year won't be worth very much because of what he was able to bring to the team. So with the Lamar situation, because I have a lot to unpack, I don't think it's collusion. I think, you know, when people looking at this situation, it's a business. The NFL is a business. I think one big proponent of it all that people have to remember is COVID really took the revenue aspect and kind of spun it around for the last two years. So in that time, they had to do these, you know, these contracts and structure things to where it put a lot of teams in a bond. We've seen two years in a row, you know, the Saints coming in at, you know, over 50 million and other teams in the similar boat to where they're over the cap and all these different expenditures and having to pay void years to players that's not even along on the team. We're now kind of moving forward from that. We've seen the cap increase exponentially. We're going to continue to see for the next few years. 
So a lot of teams, honestly, I don't think that they're trying to, oh, no, wait, let's change how we're doing the contract. Because Pat Mahomes, to me, is the precipice for what these contracts are going to look for, these super quarterbacks, these 10-year deals that they keep going on and adding guaranteed money to it or changing, you know, offsetting it so that he, he could easily be the highest paid quarterback at any given moment because the deals in place is very cap friendly for all those years. I think the fluidity of the deals don't start with this year's market. It started with really, you know, how Josh Allen's was structured, how Pat Mahomes was structured. So I think that's it's to jump ahead of the gun by saying that it's to kind of align, you know, the quarterback market. I think it has nothing to do with it. But going on to the um the part where people represent themselves, though those people didn't have to get a quarter of a million dollars. They also got a no, tremendous no, quarter billion with the B. Quarter billion. <laughs> they still got an astronomical amount of guarantees to their deals and money that really still set their market. Wagner became the highest paid. Dominican got a crazy amount of money. He's always been cerebral, making his own money in that regard. Sherman got a crazy amount of money to go to the 49ers. We, like you said, we've seen where people represent themselves and it helps themselves. Lamar doesn't have, you know, even though he, he won the games and, and he's the MVP, he hasn't played a full season. So I, I'm quite sure if I'm any owner of a team, regardless of how dynamic this guy is, I'm protecting myself financially from the, it's not that he's not entitled to a quarter billion, whatever. I think he is. I think we all know he is. But the language of it, how it has to be structured, I think he's not on board. That's the part where he's missing the agent to where you're trying to make a case for yourself, but then you just had this LCL injury or this knee injury and you missed several games. You weren't ready and available then. You were in playoff contention. You were out of playoff contention. And then I still, I'm going to pay you a quarter mil- a billion or whatever to throw what? Where are you as a passer? in this league to pay you in the elk of a Josh Allen and a Mahomes where I can just throw this money at you and know for sure what it's going to be. That would be okay if Daniel Jones didn't just get a four-year, $160 contract. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. My point is this. When you have Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, uh, the guys of this nature who get hurt just as much as Jackson does and got a ton of money, they've never been an MVP. Kyler Murray has never won a playoff game. What are we talking about? Like, like, but wait, he's not like asking cut- for very much more money than what Daniel Jones just got, and and, and but, just a slightly more than what Kyler Murray is. No, no, no. And, I, and I'm and I'm and I've been reading they can be in the breast of those situations too. It seems like they are willing to pay ball. I think it's a the difference of verbiage and where it comes out to how they're nah, paying bro. these guarantees. They, their highest you don't want to move. guarantee was one one hundred and thirty three. For a guy who's guarantee? never been healthy, do you know what Kyler Murray's guarantee is? Did he sign it before he tore his ACL or no? Did he? Did hey, he was he hurt before he signed his deal or no? Has he ever been an MVP or no? Don't but, don't bring injury to me when when I get hurt. Your team is shitty. So basically what you're saying is you want me to carry the load, but you're just not going to pay me to do it because it ain't like it's going to be two quarterbacks there anyway. It would be different if lesser quarterbacks right. weren't getting paid more money. That's all I'm saying. Well, Daniel Jones, that's a two-year deal. They, 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 you know, they, that To me, that deal don't really count. That mean nothing. Kyle, like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve his money, but whatever it's coming down to, he's not playing ball. And I'm not trying to say he has to because, like I said before, if I don't think you heard me. there. The highest guarantee he was offered was $133 million. No, I'm not well, playing ball for that. Well, I think if Ozzy was there, the deal get done. Ozzy, Ozzy signed a blank check. Let's be transparent. But you're dealing with somebody, you know, you know, with what's the Costa? 
Yeah, you dealing with somebody now who ain't got the money. It's almost like what Le'Veon was dealing with with the Steelers, and we saw he was like in his prime. Oh I'm no, sorry, they man. got the money. They could have gave him the contract when the MVP year, two three years ago, and when nobody was getting paid fifty million a year. They did the same thing that Dallas messed up doing. The Dallas could have paid Dak instead of waiting for everybody else to get paid, and then he was like, "Well, wait, the market is saying that this is what I should get paid. So what makes you think I'm gonna take less?" They put themselves in this situation waiting. They almost hope that they're gonna <laughs> that the quarterback is gonna mess up, so they can say, "See, I'll keep you, but I'm not gonna pay you but so much." That they almost wish that they fail in their contract year. It's kind of ironic. What you got, man? No, I agree with you uh, pretty much. When you know Zay, when it comes to this. This is not how it works. Think about it. Bosa get paid. Boom. That's cool. TJ Watt get paid is more than Bosa. It's just this is uh, wide receivers. The same thing. Tariq Hill gets more than the next guy. Is Tariq the best wide receiver in football? No one considers him that. Uh, It's just that's what it is. Even when Stafford got paid that time, he jumped to the front of the line. Everybody jumps to the front of the line. And this is the only situation where the guy isn't jumping to the front of the line. Again, he's a lot more uh, accomplished. Then they, uh, some of the counterparts that have got more guarantees. I mean, like Zay mentioned, you got Kyler Murray. That's what, $189 million in guarantees? Correct. Uh, Correct. And it's not about injury. He's not the quarterback that Lamar is. Um, he's not the winner. This guy is 22-23-1 as a starter. But he got $189 million in guarantee. He had to also sign the same $189 million contract speaking on him not studying his playbook. At the that's same crazy. time, they was willing to give him $189 million. You know what I mean? I but think I that's kind of MVP and I got a big, like, you, you know, and, and even a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? Who I love, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a top five quarterback of all time. But at the same time, $150 million guaranteed for a 38 year old. Mm-hmm. We all know the Sean Watson situation. That's 230. He's got over 20 lawsuits, misconduct, <laughs> things of that nature. Um, <laughs> And, and and then one thing you can't deny about Lamar, when he's on the field, this guy play hard. Even in this uh, Roman offense in, in Baltimore, this guy had to be 80% of the offense. Like, literally. Right. That's not even, like, an exaggeration number. Like, he's he was 80% of the offense. He was literally 80% of the offense. You they want to know why he get nicked up all the time. Right. And then, you know, again, they're talking about, you're talking about his passing. I mean, this guy still complete. He went from 62 to 64% of his passes. He's, on, he's a career Sixty-four percent passive. I think that's good enough. I know it's not Burrow and Herbert and everybody got this prototypical how I'm supposed to look, but sixty-four percent. I'm going to live with that. No, and, and I think we all agree. Like, and that's and I already said it as well too. I'm not saying he shouldn't get paid. I can't be a fan, of him, but also put a GM hat because it can't be collusion. Where just like Derek Carr, right? The Saints could have uh, went after him and made a trade for him, but they waited. It's the same thing with Lamar. Like this non-exclusive tag, I should I think honestly is in favor of them. Like again, I'm not trying to say like he he doesn't know how to do good business or bad business because we don't know what he's saying. But everybody that you didn't mention, everybody we don't discuss right now on the show, they have an agent. And I'm not saying that the agent See, to me. There is, you go. There you go. But it, who cares if you got an agent? That but, doesn't mean we can't get a deal done. Hey, bro, you know what? Bro, the last guy that got paid, take mm-hmm. his contract and add ten dollars on top of that and give me that contract. Boom, okay, I'm an agent now. It's okay, not like rocket science. But this, no, but I'm, I understand that, Vander. What I'm because again, we just had this discussion about, and I just listed players who were able to do a deal themselves. He even did his own rookie deal. But again, we're talking about like this has been going on for a year and a half, like since last year. What is not going being understood to where it's not getting done? Because either the organization is cheap 
or this man doesn't have an idea understanding of what it is that his market is. That's my opinion. Nah, to where we, we all know what his market is, man. What did anybody know what Derek Carr got? He, he got, got $150 I mean, million. Dollars. Okay, because uh, so, got 150, four years over, mm. 150 over four. Come on, man. And if you look at the career percentage between the two quarterbacks, they're, they're damn near identical. But see, Lamar doesn't look the part. That's what it's all about. This but boy from this, this, this boy from Broward County out there looking like one of them inner city kids out here. We we really want to give him this this quarter? No, I don't know. Like he doesn't have that look. Mahomes doesn't, you know, he's he considers himself black, but he's Tiger Woods black. You know what I'm saying? He's Steph Curry <laughs> black. It's a difference. It's stiff between Steph Curry black and Draymond Green black. If that makes right. sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to make it about that, but all these things play a part. You're the same black. You know what I'm saying? But all these things play a part. He's talking about he representing himself because he don't want to give some guy that's a part of the system. Let's don't get twisted. These these agents are a part of this whole little game they're playing. Five percent of my money. 8% of my money, I could save $12, $13 million or whatever this is on this deal. To me, what's interesting was they said it's $136 million in just guarantees. We, we don't even know all the peripherals with this. How many years it is, the total dollar amount. I'm not, we got to just see it playing out. Man. I, I, I want, like I said, I want him to get paid. But What I can tell you is this. If I'm currently $50 million away from somebody that I'm better than, what are we talking about? Why even keep calling me back to your office if you haven't at least got me the Kyler Murray money? Right, and per right, right. Lamar, his team, speaking with Stephen A. Smith, um, so pretty reliable source, it was stated the exact number and the highest number that he's been offered thus far is 133 as far as guarantees, which makes it $56 million less than Kyler Murray. So w w why am I coming back to the table? If we're that far away from getting to Kyler and I know that I should be higher than him, you're right. You should just go ahead and let me go. Because even if somebody else won't pay me what I want, I'm not staying here. Not after right. what I've done for you. No. And that's the, and that, Sorry. And, that, and I make this last point. It's not really a point. Cause it's not the kind of thing we all made valid points. But I think that's why this non-exclusive tag and all these teams saying no is that I don't even these other organizations. I don't even got the money. I don't even want to be tied to somebody at this figure. Yeah, that would be great but, if you just wasn't in the sweepstakes for Watson last year. These same teams. Atlanta was one yeah. of the teams. That, oh, I'm not in it. Washington. Oh, I'm not in it. But yet, still, mm -hmm. you was trying to pay Watson out the behind just last year. So make it make sense now. You can't. But you can't not have had the money last year, and the cap went up, and you don't have it now, and you haven't made any purchases since then. It ain't adding up, bro. I mean, I hear you, but it ain't the math thing. No, and, and to you and Vander's point, like you know what I mean. A lot of people are looking at those numbers. To your point, Murray just got Watson got this guy. They like, oh, Josh no, 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 no. That, no, no, no. That's not the point. You missed the point. The point <laughs> is the teams that are saying they're out on him were teams that were willing to break the bank just last year for Watson. That's the part that you can't say that. Well, I ain't got it when you was just willing to do it for somebody that has never been an MVP that had 20 charges on them. What, what is that saying that I think about myself if I took less than Kyler Murray or if I didn't get at least somewhere close to Watts? What 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 does that say, especially because I'm my own agent? What is that saying that I, I think about me? Yeah, but what if it's what if it's more or less I got injury guarantees? This other because it's, it's several different other guarantees than guarantee money. If you your money do it to anybody else, don't do it to me. Don't make me eighty percent of your offense, and then we won't have to worry about me getting hurt. Put that in the contract. 
you're gonna actually get some help so i don't have to be the whole damn office put that on pen and paper just saying like like it, it's a reason why he stay hurt he the running back and the quarterback aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He met with Jets brass. This is a whole different issue. This is the opposite and equal end of the Lamar situation. This dude has been paid, and now he still want to be treated like he's, you know, heading off the freshman year in college and wants to be wooed. It's like, man, we just went through this last year with you. We made this contract a two-year extension so we wouldn't have to do this this year and now i think green bay is just at their wits in and they're just like i hope somebody takes you off of our hands because i'm sick of this hey man we already know what's going on aaron Rodgers is being aaron Rodgers. and i don't really have he goes i think yeah I, I think new york has a chance uh i definitely don't think he goes back to green bay i don't think the organization there want him back i think they're ready to move on to uh love and give him opportunity i think they're kind of tired of the shenanigans the shenanigans are in the offseason seem to start outweighing the talent. I think they're gonna try to get some compensation for him. Uh because think about it, they gave him permission to take these, take this, take this, right? So right. there's gotta be some type of permission given to the player in order to talk to another organization. That lets me know that they're okay with him going elsewhere. Absolutely. Uh, so he's pretty but much it's still up to him whether he goes, though. That's the only bad part about it. Because I feel like he's just trying to get attention and then he's gonna be like, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and stay. I got one year left, and I'm going to just play that year and call it a career. I, it, I, I mean, I think that's what's going to end up happening, honestly. Will they be able to cut him? Because with the one year no. left? If they, if they cut him, I mean, the, the cap is going to hurt just as bad as him being there would. Like he, you don't you don't get any reprieve by cutting him with the uh, the reworking of the restructuring that they did last year. No, I, I, think, I think it's a good opportunity that he can go. I, I think it's best for him to go. I do to too. be honest with you. I mean, I think <laughs> I think the Jets have a better opportunity of winning than he has in uh, Green Bay. I mean, of course, there's more competition in the AFC, but he has better pieces around him in New York, better right. defense, and uh, just better skill players at this point. I mean, well, at least definitely on the outsides. Hey, I, I think New York is definitely all in on this guy, and if they don't get this guy, look for them to take a U-turn and then go get Lamar because I think they want to not want to depart with their guy. I think they could be in the Lamar sweepstakes as well if the Aaron Rodgers deal doesn't work out. Because they had already said that they were going to be in the Derek Carr sweepstakes had he not signed with New Orleans and they weren't still trying to go after Rodgers. So that may be a pivot that they have to go to. That's going to be <laughs> something that we have to keep our ear to the ground on. Um, looking at wide receivers, so we had Calvin Ridley who was reinstated with the Jags. Robbie Anderson was cut by Arizona. And Allen Robinson has been given permission to find a trade partner. So as far as Calvin Ridley is concerned, um, you know, this is going to be a high-powered offense that the Jags have put together. They they have, you know, Zay and Ridley on the outside, and then they have you know, Christian Kirk in the middle, Evan Ingram at tight end, pass catching, running back, and ETN coming out of the backfield. So the thing about this is all of this helps Trevor Lawrence, but it could mess around and kind of eat away at each of the individual skill players because there's so many of them that essentially whoever happens to be open on any given play should probably be the guy versus there being a favorite but how do we feel about this situation with these three no just from a fantasy um, standpoint i definitely think this helps lawrence out a whole lot um but again let's not get you know too far um, I know a lot of people know that really got suspended last year. And you're thinking, okay, he's been going for a year. But actually, it's been more closer to a year and a half. Because think about it. Remember, the year before that, he was having the mental issues. 
he sat right. out more yeah. than half of the season that year. So this guy's like a year and a half removed. In the half that he played, it wasn't nothing impressive. Right. So this, this is closer to two years removed yeah. from football. Facts. So I think you should temper your expectations. If you do have him in your league, someone is reading the news and want to buy, I, I will sell him. You know, I agree. Like me personally. But um, with him, the addition of him, I doesn't think I don't think it hurts Ingram too much because using these Doug Peterson offenses, the tight end always wins. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think Ingram would be fine. He just got to stay healthy. Uh, maybe Kirk will see less targets and Zay see less targets, but I think Ingram would be pretty much you know he'd be okay moving forward. So I think Ingram would be fine. And of course, this helps Lawrence just add another weapon to the team. Hey Joe, so my question to you is, as far as Allen Robinson is concerned, it seemed like he still had the skill set when they decided to give him any targets at all with the Rams. I don't know why they paid him that money to not throw him the ball, but do we see Allen Robinson being able to go somewhere and be a contributor? Um, Because again, like I said, it seemed like he still had the skill set when they decided to throw him the ball. What happened behind closed doors that either soured or kept the relationship from growing between Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson or the coach, uh, Sean McVay and Allen Robinson, maybe the coach was not you know, dialing up his number. I don't exactly know how that worked out, but do you think Allen Robinson is done or is this a guy that you can get for next to nothing and you probably should just to see what happens? That's the tough part with Allen Robinson. Do I think he has something to take? Yeah, and he's young enough to be a productive player, but I'm not going to hedge that belief that he's going to be good to think he's going to be fantasy relevant. Honestly, from, you know, obviously it's in the division, so we, me and Vander get a chance to look at him a lot. I just don't think he had really a lot of chemistry with Stafford. I think uh, Stafford's injury, I think it was his elbow or his shoulder, that injury was, was lingering way longer than it should. And then, too, it's a culmination. So I'm also going to throw on top of that. I mean, great offense was horrible this year. It was tra- Even before, like, when Cooper Cup was still Cup. But aside from that, Higby t- uh, took a step back in this offense. Obviously, you got somebody the caliber of Allen Robinson that he didn't play well to this offense. It was just a down year for McVay in this offense as well, too. Honestly, I think a situation like that, because I think obviously wherever he goes next, is going to be more so restructured or more affordable or maybe a one-year deal. Go to the Jets. I mean, obviously they're going to move over front, move, move from uh, Corey Davis because Corey Davis is going to be like, what, thir- 11 to 13 million. They can save just by moving over from him. You already got familiarity with the head coach that's there. Obviously, with the, all these impending moves, you need size. I think that's one thing he brings that's a little bit different from Garrett. I think he's like 6'2". I think he's going to be able to move somewhere. Fantasy relevant, I just don't want to say. I, just, I think that's hard to say because of the situation, but I definitely think he was just really underutilized and not even involved in it that often. He has the opportunity to land some really good spots. Again, I love the Jets play. That sounds good. Look at it. D-Hop could very well be on the move. Maybe he can go to... Arizona for really cheap. True. Um, you also have the Patriots uh, maybe in the um, – they also in the market for a wide receiver. He can go there. I think there's a lot of places he can go and still kind of be the guy. Maybe we get into it while we're still in the news, but the Cincinnati Bengals, that could probably be a place he can land as well. Jamar Chase, who knows in these coming days, he can have some some um, some bad news coming with him. So I just think that – Go ahead and speak on that um, as far as Chase is concerned as well. Well, again, his ex – put this in parentheses – his ex-girlfriend she's back online uh she's been saying she got some things that can really ruin his career and she's basically making threats to post them um we don't know what that could be but if i'm gonna you know take a stab at it it's probably something you know as far as 
involved with some kind of domestic, you know, violence or something of some sort. Gotta be for her to she say. She got, got him on tape doing drugs, or she beat up and, and recorded him doing it. Right. One of the two things. Right. So again, if that was, I mean, at this point, she's basically saying, "Hey, I'm gonna go on live. I'm gonna do this." So everybody's pretty much sitting back waiting to see what happens next. And it's not like a, a money grab. Of, well, this sounds like uh, your money Extortion? has your money has ran dry. You know what I mean? And uh, the check didn't clear this week. So right. it's time for me to dig right. in the stash and, you know what I mean, do what I got to do. But in the midst of all this, in doing what she has to do, it could very well be a stain on this team. I mean, they're already looking at it. There will be a charge, too. The FBI can get involved real quick when it, it, it's looking real extortionish. That's all I'm saying. Th- that's true, too. But again, it's all about protecting the shield. You know what I mean? At this point, so we don't want to have a video of him knocking somebody out, or that that could be pretty much detrimental. This team's already facing off the field issues with Joe Mixon to maybe lose him as well. So to get back to Allen Robinson, I think also the Kansas City Chiefs are another good team that could be in the running for a veteran wide receiver for the cheap, and that'll be a place he can go and maybe thrive because he's playing with better players and a better quarterback. I think Allen Robinson could land a nice little soft spot. Gonna go ahead and tackle the running back. Saquon was hit with the tag. We had Josh Jacobs hit with the tag as well as Tony Pollard. Three of the running backs that kind of showed improved last year, none of them were rewarded with a lengthy contract. And we're starting to see this over and over and over again as far as running back is concerned. Did this surprise you at all with any of the three of them? Yeah, so this actually kind of was surprising with Saquon. Honestly, I maybe because the fan of me wanted to see him go elsewhere, but I like that the first step of it was getting them uh, franchised. Pollard really, y'all already know, I, I I thought Schultz was going to be the one to get the tag as opposed to Schultz. Hey, if he, if you know, maybe that might mean something well for his health going into next season and medically that he'll be available um, at the start of camp. So I think that's really a tremendous uh, thing that they were able to get him done. Now bring Zeke back into question because I know it was concerns with Zeke wanting to restructure his contract. Where does that stand? Because now you got two running backs in the backfield that you're paying over $10 million to. How does that work out in that backfield? I think in, in the end of it, the Giants are going to do well by Barkley and kind of get him paid. Because, you know, what is that? Ezekiel had, what, mid-90s? He had over $90 million contract. I think this might be a $100 million uh, running back because of how it's going to look as far as the guaranteed money and what he's going to sign at signing. I think how they can stretch out this contract and make this deal work for him. On paper, he's going to come out to be a $100 million running back. I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I think this is going to be a money-losing season for Saquon and for Evan Ingram. I think both of them were put on the franchise tag just to be able to say, and, and Josh Jacobs as well, just to say, hey, can you do it again without getting injured? Because the right. only year that you've done it was the year that you had to show and prove to get paid. So can you do it one more time? And I don't know that they can because they've never done it two years in a row in their career thus far. So I agree 100%. I'm definitely not surprised by this. It made sense. Of course, the quarterback would be the guy that get the contract first. So I know Jones is going to get his bread and it's going to stick him with the franchise. Like you say, Zay, this is one of those do it again for me, you know, one more time. Let me see it. Can you stay healthy before we, you know, put this money into you or whatever? So they got him locked in for that one year. Cause, and, and they pretty much protects the team. Because uh, if you go out there and he get injured again, then it's like, you know, we, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So not really surprised by the franchise tag with Pollard. That was pretty, I thought that was expected. Um, he's shown that he can play well when giving upwards to 20 carries. He's really efficient, doesn't need the ball a lot. I didn't see them really franchise tagging Schultz. I was betting on him landing in San Diego. 
right now, you know, that that's still going on. So I, I think Zeke would probably be cut. I don't know if the restructure would happen. I think I can see actually see him being cut, if anything. Um, I think they'll save 10 mil in cap space if they cut him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can see him being cut because it's been a lot of uh, rumblings about. I think they're trying to go in on a wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins has been seen with Des Bryant. He's been down there in Dallas snooping around. So I've heard uh, that they were looking at Diggs as well, and yeah, that uh, Buffalo was looking at Hopkins to replace possibly right, Diggs. Right, so. they've been looking at Diggs as well. Uh, there's been some Photoshop of Diggs in the Cowboy jersey. He liked, right. he liked the picture. I mean, hey, his brother's there. Took down the uh, all his Buffalo stuff on his IG or whatever and put up Dallas stuff as well, Diggs. Yeah, so. yeah so this is definitely uh, interesting. Now we have the not-so-good news as far as running back is concerned. Both Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon are dealing with some uh, legal issues. Uh, Mixon, possibly. We haven't gotten the information on it yet. But Kamara, uh, he pleaded not guilty to conspiracy to commit battery and substantially, substantial bodily harm. He's set for trial now on July 31st. So that's going to be interesting that his trial is right before preseason and stuff like that is going to be kicking off. So we'll see. I think this is going to be one of those instances where the NFL is going to let the court case play out before they decide what they're going to do. As far as Joe Mixon is concerned, uh, there apparently was a shooting at his home and a teen was shot uh, in the foot, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, none life-threatening injuries, whatever the case may be. Um, they're saying right now that they don't know exactly what happened. This happened Monday night. The 911 call was made at 8.30 p.m. It's now Wednesday as we were recording this. You'll probably be hearing it on Friday. So there may be more information by then. If he himself was involved, I would think that we would have heard a little bit more about it by now, even if we don't have the particulars. I mean, hell, John Morant took a picture with a gun and they it's been on every news story out there as far as ESPN and Fox and all that kind of stuff is concerned since it happened. If Joe Mixon actually shot someone or there was questioning about whether he did as such, I would think that story would at least kind of be percolating a little bit, even if not by ESPN or Fox or any of those guys, TMZ stay on top. Don't exactly know the involvement or if it was just in his neck of the woods, but um, apparently that team and whoever was with him didn't say very much of anything because they would already know who did it if he got shot on Monday and it's now Wednesday. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that one, but I guess it's a no news is good news type of situation unless it turns and we'll let you know at that point. Camara, I mean... There's not really much to say about this. I mean, we knew this hammer was coming. Uh, I expect him to get the good six to eight games, maybe six on the low end, high eight games. As far as seeing any time, I don't think he'll see any time, you know, in prison or anything. I kind of got a little insight on the situation, to be honest with you. I know a guy who, who actually was there at the incident. He's friends with him. Um, so it's really going to go away. I mean, the lawyer's been paid. That situation go away. Now, civilly, he's going to dig in his pockets. So he will have to spend some money. In, in that way. But as far as the criminal part, he doesn't have to worry about doing any jail time, nothing like that. Uh, as far as mixing, that boy just can't get right. He's staying some stuff, don't he? Yeah, he got kids outside. I heard a situation say it was maybe a prop gun, and then he looked, it looked like a real gun. It's just like, it's, uh, I don't know. With all that being said, he was already on the chopping block with the Bengals. I just think these couple of incidents is just going to be more of a reason to get rid of him. 
maybe resign. He did an know. incident. What was that? Last week, week before last, he had an incident right. where it was stated that he he flashed a gun um, and threatened a, a, a young lady. Right. That information never really got out as far as how deep that went or how true it may have been. But it's a whole lot of stuff. I mean, this is the more dangerous version of the same story in another sport being told with John Morant, except. Right. In, in Joe Mixon's case, there's actually a particular person being threatened and a person was shot. So I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's I mean, scary. Like, like, please just leave leave these guns alone, man. I, I definitely see him getting cut, though. I mean, that's what I got to say about that. I don't think he'd be a Cincinnati Bengal next year. For you on that. They, they, he was already on the chopping block. Um, what else we got running back? Uh, Jamal Williams re-signed with Detroit. Well, excuse me. He is likely to re-sign with Detroit, and they're likely to move on from Swift. Jamal Williams may be one of those guys that now with there not being a Swift, he may be one of the people that I talk about as being one of the most highly valued guys because of where you can draft him when looking at redraft. Or for that matter, what his price may be if you're looking at Dynasty. And we know who's getting the ball on the goal line in that offense, especially with Swift being gone. If he resigns with Detroit, Williams may just be a cheat code because you can get a guy that you can start and sleep like a baby, whether it be your RB1 or RB2, just based on his touchdown likelihood. And that de- that uh, Detroit offense has been humming as of late. So, his likelihood of getting at least one to two opportunities per game on that goal line is going to be pretty daggone good. Keep your ears to the ground as far as Jamal is concerned. We should probably be hearing something in the next few days with him. Taysom Hill restructured his contract so he can stay with New Orleans. The move coupled with restructuring linebacker DeMarco Davis, it ends up giving the Saints around about $13 million in cap space, which they needed because of the big move that they made as far as their car was concerned. But Joe, what are your reflections from the combine? What were your highlights, your lowlights? What, what, what we got from the, uh, the combine that just went down this past week? Bryce Young not throwing at the combine. It, I don't think it, it's a negative or positive. I just honestly thought this would have been a good opportunity with Stroud being a full participant, Levis being a full uh, participant, and also uh, Anthony Richardson. But obviously he's going to wait to the pro day. Obviously he's going to kill it at the pro day in his own familiar environment. You fall in love with him as a passer, man. And he, he's really he's – really, that do and then obviously we all know uh will Levis for all all he did throwing he had some highlights lowlights for what it was worth he could have just waited to the pro day if that makes sense i heard he did tremendously well in the interviews from what would happen but obviously we know anthony richardson he just blew it away i, I honestly i was really impressed to see from the college season to the combine how quickly he was able to kind of refine his mechanics his footwork and everything he threw it really well with somebody of his arm, and we see it a lot in the league from a, a Josh Allen, sometimes a, a, a Lawrence, where they only know how to throw one way. It's going to come to you fast. It's going to come to you hard. It's no touch at times. It's, I like where, where he's at. And I think, honestly, that's going to be a unique conversation for quarterback because he putting himself in that conversation. If Bryce don't do nothing crazy to be one of the top guys, the first overall quarterback, in my opinion, uh, just based on what you're doing. It's also a consensus if you kind of look it up as well. Running back was what it was. I mean, you got Gibbs and you had uh, Najee. Not Najee, dang. 
by Bijan, excuse me, Gibbs was, I think, the one that kind of really impressed with a 4-3-6. I thought he was going to run, like, in a 4-4s. That 4-3-6 is big because he already was getting the comparisons to Kamara. This guy's just a tremendous guy, and Saban loves him. I think um, anytime you get that stamp of approval from Saban, you know, someone like Bill Belichick, where they don't really say really highly compliment a player, but he's going to be definitely the second running back taken. Bijan, Bijan, however people want to go by. That four four seven four four six that was impeccable. I think he really needed that because he's a bigger back. He's over, he's you know at two hundred and twenty pounds, darn near. He's doing so. He he did well. Drills everything. Liked it. You can see why he he kind of uh, says his, you know, he models his game at the Barry Sanders because those drills he looked he looked the part. There were still a few other running backs, but again that group is so close. We can just save that for a different time and move over to receiver. Receivers was really really good. And again, this is another deep group. And honestly, Quentin Johnson not participating kind of helped, not help. It kind of hindered his stock a little bit. And and Jigba, he didn't run a 40, but that shuttle and three cone out off the charts, literally off the chart. It's really amazing that he's that quick. I, I think it was actually, as far as the combine, like it set like a record like for, for both of those. And Jigba, man, I, I'm going to be excited about. Well, Bye, guys. I gotta look at I gotta look at the pro day. I gotta see like he ran the routes, he did everything great, and that's what stood out for him. Like for him being his time removed, he looked the part. It's almost like when and it's not a uh, comparison, but it's almost like when Chase sat out a year and then he had his pro day and he looked like an elite receiver. And Jigba had that same vibe. Everybody else, the wide receiver group was competitive. But you saw a lot of people put good times on, on the field and had great metrics. So that's another conversation for a different time. And then lastly, t- uh, tight end. Vander's guy, uh, Darnell from uh, Georgia, he did really good. Darnell Washington, he did really good with his stop. Kincaid and everybody else, I think, kind of sitting there pretty good. The combine was 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 great. I think um, for Anthony Richardson, for for, for uh, Gibbs, for Bijan, I think those those were like the biggest rise, not rise. We have rises in a sense. Cause I feel like it kind of cement where they stand at their value in the first round as overall as a player. I would have liked to see Johnston, you know, at least run the forty, do some drills or something. Him not being a participant, I really didn't like that. Only because this wide receiver group, in my opinion, it was never him as, as the top guy. And Jigba, from what I hear, just in interviews and everything else, he, he might – it's going to be a tough race to see who's the number one guy, but in Jigba looking the part in drills and what he did, the three-cone and the shuttle, that set him up to, to get a payday. I almost hope that he's not the first guy as far I, I as think he, I concerned. think he is now. I think, yeah. that, I yeah. think that combine pushed him to the front. I hope he don't, though, because honestly, uh, Quentin – was Quentin Johnson that didn't participate, Joe? Yep. So he may have done himself a favor because now he's probably not going to be picked by one of those higher teams in the draft, which means he probably will end up on a better team. That might affect your money on the front end, but on the back end, your career may stand out and your long-term money may be more because you don't end up with one of the Houstons of the world to start your career with. Yeah, quickly to speak on, Johnson, I like him a lot because what I've, I noticed, he reminds me of Jerry Judy in the open field. Like, this guy got the spin move. He got the yak. He just so dynamic as a player with the ball in the open field. He's a great. He's a good player, but I just think tangibles wise, 
it'd have been nice to see some of those metrics that kind of stand out about him, about his speed and everything, his vertical. Those questions get answered at the combine. Uh, Josh Downs, I'm sorry. That was somebody from North Carolina, that wide receiver. He definitely stood out to me. Just because, again, he's a 5'10 kind of guy, but you look at his stats and everything he's done collegiately. What he did at the combine really helped his case, but it's not a definitive number one receiver. I think Njigma is that guy, like uh, Vander was alluding to as well. But real quick, I think GSN definitely kind of planted his flag. Because think about it. All you got to do now at the pro day is run a 40. We already know this guy's fast. It can only make it even better, I think. I think he can only increase from here on out. That three-cone drill, I think he broke the record. I mean, you had guys like Julio, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks. Like His was faster than all those guys. Cooper Cup as well. You know, most speed guys don't be good route runners, but this guy is already a tactician with running the routes. So we already know he's smooth with that. And then you add that kind of quickness and that kind of speed, I think he definitely um, pushed himself to the front of the line. One of the biggest risers, though, tight end out of Old Dominion, Zach Kuntz. Yeah, that he, was crazy. He was top three in, the, in his position in every single drill. He had the second best 40. He had the third best 10-yard split. He had the best vertical, the best broad jump. The second best 20 yard shuttle. He had the second most bench press and the best three cone drill. I mean, in terms of athleticism, he has ranked the most athletic, the most athletic tight end of all time. Wow. So that's saying a lot. Oh, and we've seen <laughs> and we've seen him come through. The Vernon Davis is the word. You know what I mean? Like we've seen some guys come through here as far as athletic ability. This this combine thing, though, you have to take it sometimes some of these metrics. Translate over to the field. I'm more of a guy like to watch the film and see if I got me a baller. Because uh, mm-hmm. you got some guys that's going to be workout warriors, right? We're going to have some guys that come out here. They're going to you know, bust the charts and then get on the field and they can't do anything. But then again, we got some guys that come out here, bust the charts, and end up being Hall of Famers like John Abraham. If y'all remember him back in the day, he wasn't the, – the combine okay. shot him up, you know, shot him up the board, and then he ended up going off having a Hall of Fame career. So – it can help guys, and it look, you know, but it also can make you look good, and you end up not really being nothing but just a workout warrior. But I was really impressed with this Zach Koontz guy because we already got the Kincaid, the Washington, as a mayor, uh, my, mayor, mayor mm-hmm. my, so. But this guy here, man, um, definitely is going to be somebody to watch. And that about wraps up your news and notes. We're going to go ahead and fix the AFC East. All right, good people. So we are hopping into the AFC conference and we're starting with the AFC East division. So Joe is going to be tackling New England and Miami, if I recall correctly. Vander, you got Buffalo and the Jets. We're going to kick it off. Let's I guess we'll start with Miami. These were simple fixes. I think this division is going to be relatively quick. What I like about the Miami situation is that even though they're negative $16 million in cap, I was just reading that they can have upwards of $55 million. So a lot of those moves obviously can come from uh, Ogba, Emmanuel Ogba restructuring, uh, Teron Armstead, Bradley Chubb, obviously, and unfortunately moving on to Byron Jones, man. And that's a sad story within itself. But it's a lot of upside with the team. Obviously, they don't have a first. They don't have a lot of draft picks this year. But they also kind of bring back a full complement of guys. So I didn't really have, like, an immediate fix. I liked everything that was already on the team. I think receiver is a position that they can kind of look for with uh, Sheriffield might be on. I think he might be a free agent this year. So then obviously, they're going to look to address the wide receiver position. 
Um, but I just went right to the draft, man. And I think with the second the second pick, the 51st overall pick, there's going to be a bevy of running backs that kind of fits the mold of what uh, McDaniel will want to get done on the field. Obviously, still have Jeff Wilson on the team and everything else, but I think they're going to go swing for a running back uh, for that team in the second. Or they might just package a bunch of picks and move to the top of the second round, depending on who falls or even try to get into the first round to get a running back. I think that'd be something to address and concern because, again, this team is, like, fully loaded at this point. Obviously, they have some with corner, but, again, with a deep cornerback group, you can easily address them like that in the draft. I just like their team overall. They got a lot going on for themselves. Like I said, a simple fix of what they can easily do to get above cap and what they can address in the draft, even with what little picks they have. I like it. I like it. Vander, which team are you going to fix first? Oh, we was already talking about the uh, the Jets, right? Let's do it. In, in the show, so let's go with the Jets. They definitely need to do some restructuring or some contracts on the team. Some guys won't be coming back. You got Quincy Williams, free agent. You got Sheldon Rankins. Another guy's a free agent as well. Quan Alexander. He's kind of a, a journeyman. They can move on from him. LaMarcus Joyner as well as a journeyman. I'll be okay with them moving on from him. The main thing, I mean, get you a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers would definitely be the guy I would want to have on this team. I know you know everybody has heard the the buzz about them courting him this past weekend, but I really think he could take this. If this team is serious about winning a championship, I think you start there. Mike White, Zach Wilson, Flacco, not the answer. Uh, you have all these skilled guys. You got the returning running back, my boy Brees Hall is there. You got Garrett Wilson, uh, Corey Davis. He'll probably be a guy as well. He'd be a cap casualty. You know, get rid of him, save that bread, and bring in another a bigger guy. Even Adam Lazard is somebody that's a free agent for the Green Bay Packers. Maybe some familiarity there. He's a big receiver. He maybe come with Rodgers here. There's going to be a few guys out there free agent-wise. I'm not sure what the Saints may do with a guy like a Michael Thomas. There's a couple guys I think like they could be some cuts. Old veteran, uh, even a, a, a Kenny Galladay. I'm just okay with just a bigger receiver to go in with these smaller uh, speed guys. As far as the draft is concerned, go get the Ohio State tackle Paris Johnson. You know, this kind of a bit of a projection, you know, Dwayne Brown decided he's going to come back. It's good to get him. You know, you got a younger tackle, some insurance. Assuming that you get do get an Aaron Rodgers, you will have somebody to, you know, protect that guy. So as far as the draft, I would say so up the offensive line, get the quarterback. This team is, is, is kind of is ready to go. The back end is really good. DJ Reed, Sauce, like they don't have any issues on the back end. They just need to get their quarterback protect their quarterback, and um, that's really it. It's not really a lot this team needs, in my opinion. It just starts at the helmet. Joe, what you got on New England? First thing, I think it starts with Jacoby. I think you have to bring Jacoby back uh, into the fold in in this offense. Uh, Obviously, with the loss this offseason, Aguilar, I think they're going to lose out on somebody else. I think the only current guy on there is Wilkerson and a few other other named wide receivers. No, I think think Wilkerson going, too. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, they bare bones. They let Wilkerson go. I'm going to start definitely with Jacoby, bring him in the fold. And then Frank Clark, somebody who just was let go by the Chiefs. I think he'd be a perfect fit for what New England likes to do. And with between, and they both Bates, between Jesse Bates and uh, Von Bates, I think those two can really help the loss of McCourty. And obviously we got to cut uh, John Smith. Thinking like New England, 
I think Jonathan Jones is going to be going. We we it just seemed like the rotational thing to do is to have them. They all pro caliber guy. They they really standing out, and then they let them go and get money elsewhere. And I think the same thing is going to happen this year. That being said, I think in the draft at fourteen, they're going to look at somebody like a Christian Richardson, uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, and maybe even follow up in the second round with somebody like Tyreek Stevenson or Darius Rush, just to kind of like I said, just to address the cornerback position, just to get bodies on the field. A wide receiver, I think an, another way to look is just from somebody we was talking about. Um, obviously, still Devontae Parker is on the team as well. But a, a low-cap guy, somebody like a Allen Robinson is available. Minimal, can play the part on the outside because we already know who's going to monopolize the middle. Um, they already have Thornton uh, going into that year. but So just add that veteran presence. And a guy that can uh, get it done on third down in tandem with a Devontae Parker would be really nice. That's honestly what I got with that team. Again, Frank Clark getting one of the baits, uh, bringing back Jacoby. Like I said making cornerback a priority because we already know Jonathan Jones is going to be out the door. And lastly, we got Buffalo. What you got for Buffalo? Not much here to see. First round draft pick, I would definitely go at the offensive lineman. The guy I have my eyes on would be at 27, Darnell Wright. Uh, offensive lineman from Tennessee, coming from a pass-heavy offense, he has a ton of experience. They, they're probably going to lose Tremaine Edmonds in the draft and the uh, free agency. I'm okay with that. Go with the Bobby Wagner, middle linebacker, great out number one according to Pro Football Focus this year. Bobby just being Bobby, man, really good linebacker. I think he can come in here and spearhead this team. Von Miller would be be back to you know get this team that pass rush. Jordan Poya, another guy. I don't think they'll be bringing him back. I would want to restructure Michael Hyde, a couple of these guys in the back to, to get this cap down, even Tredavious White, uh, some of these other guys to, you know, move their contracts around to save us some bread. Shaq Lawson, probably he's a free agent, probably won't return. Running back situation. Now, this is the thing. I've been hearing all kinds of different things, like saying, hey, they're probably going to lose Devin Singletary to free agency. I wouldn't re-sign him back. But just go ahead and get the keys to James Cook. I've been seeing guys saying, hey, well, let's bring in um, Derrick Henry. Or oh, let's bring in Dalvin Cook and all these different running backs. I don't I think Sanders mentioned too. Which say, oh, Miles Sanders, right? Miles, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure that is really the answer. James Cook has shown that, you know, he's gotten better as the year progr- you know, progressed. And you drafted this guy last year to do what? Uh, let another back come in and leapfrog him? So I think you should just go ahead and, you know, let him take the keys. They got Naheem Hines as well. It's going to be like a third, third string, a third, uh, third out back. So I would go with him, honestly. Stefan Diggs, get rid of him. I'm the type of guy. I don't care how good you are. If you don't, if you want to be here, I don't want you here. I feel. You know I mean, that's just me. So <laughs> I feel. You know, you can move him to Dallas or wherever you want to go. Get some more draft capital and take that draft capital and fill in. You know, some more pieces on this defense and offensive line. I mean, but. I'm okay with him leaving, but at the same time, I would want to bring in a veteran guy. Like you said, D-Hop was a guy that was mentioned. And, and let Gabe Davis just take the show from here. Diggs wouldn't be on my team next year. Like I don't mind you know, arguing and things like that. That's cool. I have no issue with that. When it comes to a point where you're you acting like you're not happy here, I'll find you somewhere to go. That's, that's, that's I don't respond well to tantrums. I don't mind you know people getting into it. That's cool. But when it comes to a point where you feel like you don't want to be here, like I'm not okay with being around guys who don't want to be in this building. We only want guys who want to be here. He's doing the same thing he did in Minnesota. Go, but get your, you know, get your, get your compensation. Give me a couple first round picks for him, things like that. And, Ooh, and, that's deep. 
Yeah. Hey, you think he'll he'll draw a couple first? Why not? And maybe even one first, maybe a first and a third, something like that. I mean, he's still yeah. a he's an all pro wide receiver. He's uh what twenty? I think if I was New England, I'd give up my first and then maybe a third next year. I think I would do that. Yeah, I mean, so hey, wherever you want to go, I don't know. He don't he probably want to go New England though. I think he has a destination in mind. Well, well, one thing that we've learned is when you're disgruntled, you don't normally get to go where you want to go. Right. You just get to get the hell out of wherever you are at the time. So. Right. That's what I would do. I would just go ahead and get that money to Gabe, you know, resign him to an extension and bring in a, a veteran president, somebody who can work with him and, you know, help him mature. Because he's, he's been in the league for a couple of years, but he's so young. I think he's still only 22 years old, something like that. So 23 years, he's a pretty young guy himself. So. These teams are not hard fixes. They just need to win games. They're right there. I think Von Miller, he was really missed. This defense took a U-turn. Yeah, absolutely. Once he got injured. He had everybody on the defensive line playing better. I mean, Ed Oliver finally looked like the first-round pick he was years back playing with uh, Von Miller. So that's how he, I think he fixed his Buffalo team. You don't need, really need any big splashes. You know, a Derrick Henry or something like that, that's cool, but – I don't think it's needed. I think you save that money and, and put it elsewhere. And that takes care of the AFC East Fantasy Fix. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with Tales from a Dynasty. All right. So we had our initial draft for the Listener League this past Sunday evening. So, guys, what stood out to you? How do you feel about your teams? Are there any teams that you just kind of feel off top cream of the crop or off top probably not going to make it unless something happens? But what are your initial thoughts? Uh, everything went to plan for me as far as my draft. Except in the fourth round, I had a glitch where the guy who was picking at the, the back, I think that Uma Green guy, he was picking at the back and it said, your time was up. And it's frozen. I'm sitting there looking at it like, okay, is this thing going to click in or what's going on? I'm sitting there just watching it like, what's going on? I never, you know. So I was like, let me just close this app real quick and then open it. So I closed it, came back into the app. Somebody was already picking behind me. So it drafted uh, the tight end, uh, Kyle Pitts, which I was going to pick Tony Pollard in that spot. So it's like, uh, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of messed my draft up a little bit. Yeah, that kind of hurt me at that (laughs) point. Yeah, yeah. But as far as everything else, like, I got to everybody I really wanted, you know what I'm saying, the places I wanted them. To be all honest, I'm not trying to say anything, but I think I got the best team uh, on paper. I think I'm the team to beat. I had probably one of the better drafts in this league, made a few trades already, a few moves to get some other guys to fill in some, some spots. But I'm happy. I'm going to show who I am. I'm him. I'm showing you why I'm him this year in his league. Zay, you already you already know how I get down. Joe, he got to get a, a little taste of the medicine. So I think he's going to get a chance to, to witness that greatness. I'm glad that you feel that way about your team because uh, I feel the exact same way. I, I, I see absolutely no reason my team couldn't be considered the number one when looking at what I have, you know, as far as standout players and what I have as far as depth is concerned. I definitely throw my hat in the ring as far as having – one of the better drafts as well. I kind of had a little bit of, uh, I would say, operator error in the draft, and I got the wrong Elijah. I, I was thinking and looking at Elijah more, and I ended up drafting Elijah Mitchell, but yeah, whatever. No big deal there. Outside of that, 
everything else in the draft went exactly the way I wanted it to go. I ended up going with the late round QB situation. So uh, Cousins, Golf, Stafford, those are my guys as far as my drafted QBs. And then I ended up getting Winston a little bit later for free. But between running back, wide receiver, and flex, I wanted to have as many studs as possible, as many people that could kind of make a week, if you will. But why do you think your team better than mine? I'm just curious. Because top to bottom, it is. Like, I, I why, disagree. Why you, I don't see why. You, like, you would, I'm, but I mean. No, no. I, I mean, I'm looking at your team. It's a decent mm-hmm. team, but I think you're more top heavy. I, I'm, I'm more balanced throughout. Like if nah. you go from, we can go player yes. for player right now. Absolutely, we could. And, and you will run out of good players before I do. I don't think so. Let's do it real quick. I, and Joe, let you be the, and Joe, you could be the, the, the judge of this because I don't, and this ain't no, I just, your team is decent. It's pretty good, but we I got, got enough time. I got a monster, bro. Like my team is this. Cr- I don't think you've seen it. Like you really seen it. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I have. I mean, y- your team is decent, but okay. So I let's like go. Team, so so let's go play it for player real quick, and I'm gonna and then we gonna see who run out because I think mine is better. Go for it. I got Christian McCaffrey. I got Jonathan Taylor. I got Saquon Barkley. I got Derrick Henry. I got Kenneth Walker. <laughs> you going running back for running back? Or I'm that, just saying. Well, like, that, would, that would actually be considered a flex. I see your Kenneth Walker, and I raise you Stefan Diggs. I got Javonta Williams. Javonta Williams, long run. I like him. Probably won't do too much for the beginning. Come on, man. To middle of this part of the season. This. But <laughs> Let's not play these games. Let's go. No, that's, it's not a game. <laughs> Jalen Wilde. Okay. I got Miles Sanders. This is kind of tricky because we don't know the landing spot for the person I'm about to name or Miles Sanders, but I'll definitely put Kareem Hunt up against Miles Sanders. Anyway. I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I think Miles okay. better, is better. That, that's fine. But Aaron Jones. Uh with Aaron Jones, I'll say I'll put him up against Jacoby Myers any day of the week. That's see, again, I think I think I got the better out of two. Mike Evans. Brandon, are you? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Amari Cooper. We don't know. We, we, we don't know who his quarterback is, or if he may end up on another team. No, so no, he's yeah. gonna be in Tampa Bay. It's already okay. Came well, off. who's yeah. his quarterback? Kyle Trask. You it don't matter. It don't, it don't matter. It bro. does is, matter, bro. Listen, this is Mike Evans, bro. We're not gonna compare Mike Evans to Brandon Ayuk right now. He's we're not, not gonna throwing do himself the ball. We're not gonna do that. He's, we're not gonna compare these two guys. There's no comparison. Brandon Ayuk was wide receiver number fifteen this year, bro. And where and where was Evans, sir? I think he was 10 or 11 with Tom Brady. Kyle Trask ain't going to make him 10 or 11. It don't matter. He's not, even the, same, bro. he's not even the best receiver on his team. But that He was still right receiver 15. Evans don't have Brady. In, anyway, keep going. Amari Cooper. See your Amari Cooper and give you Kyle Pitts. Are you, are you talking about somebody? This guy, he did, did nothing last year. We don't know who his quarterback is. He was out most of the year. Okay, he's coming off an injury. Yeah, he is. And I still got, and, and, and I'm and I'm deep on this team. I still got Kadarius Tony. I'll see your Kadarius Tony, and I'll raise you Hunter Renfro. <laughs> yeah. One, man, one of them's been a top this, 10 wide receiver in this league. This is hilarious, man. And then I, I still got uh, Go Alan Renfro, you at the bottom of the barrel. And I still got Alan Lazard. Like, I still got some guys. I got Damian Harris. Keep going. I like Damian Harris. Cool. And, and and everything else, I ain't, you know, everything else no, is. No, 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 you know, keep going. No, no, no. You brought no, me no, to yourself. And, keep and, going. Oh, I'm fine. I'm already, I'm okay, already up. Keep going. And at my quarterback position. That's we, you left. already going to quarterback? Because I, I still got more running backs and wide receivers to speak of. You said you was deep. Let's keep going. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I got, I got, I got other guys, but these are more than starters. I didn't, I didn't name a f- couple of bench guys already, so I don't need to go no further. 
I'm, I can see, cut I, it right I, there. I still got guys like Rashard Penny. I still got Rashard guys Penny. Like, yeah, see, I still got guys on, like uh, I, I haven't mentioned Elijah Mitchell yet. I still haven't mentioned Gerald Everett yet. I still haven't mentioned Chig yet. As deep as you are, I, I, I wasn't trying to rain on your parade, but as deep as you are, I am as well. That I feel. No, you gotta. Cool. No, your team is cool. But as far as those guys that's going to play on Sunday. And at my quarterback position, you know, I just got the I got the old gunslinger man, A Rod. Who said where he gonna land at? Who knows? But that's my quarterback. He'll get you through the year regardless of where he lands. So and, I mean, that, that was a that was a, a savvy pick, I'll say. And I got you know comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. For your A Rod, I'll say Kirk Cousins. Oh, and I got Geno Smith. And then I have Jared Goff, and I also have Matthew Stafford. Like I said, like our teams are pretty even, bro. For real, for real. <laughs> Hey, just yeah. saying. I think. I, what you think, Joe? Just saying, bro. Joe, Joe what you think, Joe? <laughs> Joe, look at this thing, Joe. So, what you think? Like, come this, on. This is this is where I'm being completely honest. Yeah. If I had to speak, because again, I, y'all both are really tacticians in what y'all do, so I can only speak for today. If I'm speaking today, March eighth, I'm gonna edge it to Vander. But that's what. I, but again. Y'all both such a tactician. I can say this, and then three minutes from now, while you know, while this show is already wrapped up, Zayden pulled off a trade. Y'all really close. Oh, that's gonna happen. We both on our teams have several people that their landing spot. We either gonna be celebrating or we gonna be punching air. Like it's some, it's some dudes that can really impact our fantasy seasons collectively from both teams. That is really going to depend on the landing spot, like where Hunt goes, where Sanders goes. Both of those are going to be major. Can I give you my pipe dream? What if Riverboat Ryan went ahead and got rid of the guy who's been in the doghouse forever in Gibson, and they brought Hunt to run the Eric the Enemy offense at running back? I know that's a pipe dream, but I'm just saying. No, it's something. He's, a, he's for me with the offense. I definitely. I, yeah, I know. So, that's I'm what I'm saying. Say, yeah, it's, it's, I mean. I think it's possible. I don't really think Brian Robinson is a fit. He's not, per he's se. not a good fit. Nah, uh, he's not. He's a decent running back, but I don't know if he's a fit for what they want to do. That's a West Coast, West Coast offense. Uh I'm cool with that. But at the same time, Miles Sanders, the Chiefs or a team say they'll be interested in Miles Sanders. So it'd be Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Well, so Chiefs no, and uh, anybody else another, on the roster right now, is it? At, at running back, uh, Kenner, the free agent. I want to say well, Ronald, Ronald Jones, Jones. I think, yeah, is still and under contract. Melvin Gordon still under contract? No, I know he was on the practice nah. squad or something like that. I, I don't know. No, he's um, not gonna be in there. That would be interesting. So, what does that do to Isaiah Pacheco's uh, value if if a Miles Sanders or a Miles Sanders type ends up in Kansas City? Is, is he now? Is it a one A one B or is he now the backup? How, how does that work? I think he's. I think he's earned the you know the right to get those touches. I think it'd be a one A one B one A one B situation. So it would, case, it, don't you just go to the draft instead of paying somebody? Well, I mean, not everything in the draft is a fit. It's all about the fit. True. True. Um, and you know, yeah, running they back, found a good fit in the what seventh round? What when did he get drafted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got him like yeah. sixth round, I believe. Six yeah, or that's true. I mean, so, yeah, and but, he's a starter now, so yeah. But I don't think they really hand him the keys completely to the vehicle. I think yeah. he's earned the right to drive the car, though. That'd be a good spot for Zeke if he get cut. I think he could find a. I think he could find a place there. Short yardage. I mean, Zeke is still good, maybe for short yardage and you know. And pass pro. Yeah, but hmm, he may end up in New England. That's those are kind of guys that Bill gets. A guy like Zeke, like he did Corey Dillon, and a lot of these guys, like when they had the very. I tail think end. he could be that if we didn't already have Stevenson, who's kind of a jack of all trades. No, I mean like as far as the short yardage. 
and, oh okay and i got stuff you. like got just you. strictly like, like a Garrett like blunt, blunt role right. right i got you i got you okay so, and you know Legarius also could catch the ball a little bit too as well so yeah the utility players basically mm-hmm. joe what you think about week one of the dynasty what you think about your draft any tendencies you've noticed so far as far as trades are concerned what you got yeah so my draft man it it, it started off going really good i ran into and I already scripted my whole thing. Like I said in the last show, I was going running back heavy. Pick 8, 12, 9, 01. One of those picks, I was supposed to have taken the quarterback. And I took Jacoby Myers. And that threw all. It didn't throw. It did, I went value. I did really well the rest of the draft. But there I should have took the quarterback. Because I kind of scripted it. So I had a choice either Derek Carr or Mac Jones. Not saying that they great quarterbacks. But just how I was building my team out. I would have been at an advantage of having a starter for a few years. Obviously, I already think my team to be a playoff team. I'm, but again, I'm hyperactive with trades. Like, you know, I, I think the benefit of going with the running back strategy is that it kind of left in a market for running back in general because I took like 11, 12 running backs. I took the handcuffs. I took running the the guys, I, you know, all of that. For that purpose of just like, I think, you know, in a competitive league like that, being the first overall pick, some people would go best available, and that's a great strategy when it's redraft, in my opinion. But something like Dynasty that we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future, I wanted to already build my team out with, with running backs off the bat. Because even though it's not something in PPR that's going to be um, like as far as scoring purposes, it's going to be something sought after because obviously some for wide receiver. I already have a nucleus of not having that as a necessity because we know how scarce running backs can be in a dynasty setting. So I wanted to eliminate that process. So I like the draft. Obviously, you already know I got first-round picks, and that's something I wanted to do. Luck showed itself twice where I was the first overall pick in the veteran draft, and I worked out that I'm in the rookie draft. And it's, I, it ain't no cap that uh, by – Bijan is going to be the first pick at running back. That's that's, that's the first <laughs> overall pick. You might as well. Yeah, I'm gonna put that in queue. Bijan, Beijing, whatever his name <laughs> Beijing, is. I don't care. Whatever, Come get man. some. Come get that's some. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, the only reason that I didn't maybe even throw throw my hat in the ring to be able to get that pick from you is because at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of names come out there, and it, maybe this guy's a, a straight up stud. Cool, but one guy doesn't normally move the meter enough to make or break a team. So I kind of feel like I got running backs that are going to be right there with this dude is. And we don't know what he's going to be in the NFL yet. Not trying to pour any cold water on him or anything, but I, again, I'm, again, a, a bird in the hand versus the two in the bush, which is why I normally end up trading away all my draft picks and dynasty leagues and just getting guys that I know have already suited up and showed up every week versus right. playing the hope game. But you're, you're look, don't ever say I didn't give you your flowers again because you like to say that in the chat. You're a beast as it <laughs> pertains to rookies. And as it pertains to prognostication of who's going to go way later than they should, and you don't have to really spend much of anything on them. For instance, last year, that was uh, Price. Uh, No, Pierce, excuse me. Running back for Houston. I think you got him in the second round, and you got a starting running back out of him for the next however many years, but you didn't have to spend a lot or spend up high to get yourself a starter. So I see why you do what you do the way you do. And it's a reason that I do what I do the way I do, because I'm not going to put as much time and effort into looking at the rookies as you. I'm going to just wait for them to show out and then buy them. But you, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and this tied into what Vander does too. And I love this with him. Like I focus on day by day, like it's 60 days to the draft. 
this is all just how I love with Brandon Dean, another dynasty we all in, and just setting that necessity. Oh my God, the draft, the draft. I'm still going to do my process because it's still pro days. It's, we got to first see where they get drafted, and then we draft a week after that. I just like to like get everybody thinking, getting the pot thinking. I do like rookies, but to your point, you got to really take off of the hat of, oh my God, somebody did this in college. This is what ADP is saying is, and you have to really think like, how does this translate into the NFL? And you got to see where the team is going back to fit. That part, yeah. The last part. So I already know clear cut that I'm going to take this guy because he's one of the few people who we can say that about. Is there Mm -hmm. any team that he can go to that you'll be like, dang, I don't know. Or is he, or is he team proof in your opinion? So I'll say this because, like, again, 60 days from the draft and where you hear him going, it's committee talk, right? You know, right. Talked about, people talk Dallas. about the Bills, the Chargers, yeah. Dallas. So you do worry about those concerns. What stands out for me is, like, I feel like because of how the draft is as far as defensively and everything else, you don't get him. It's almost like Brees Hall when they took him 39th, but just think about the a better player than Brees Hall in, a, in some sense. You're not going to take – um, if they ain't taking Bijan, you're not taking him because the value of an offensive lineman going back to what Vander just did, touching on that with Paris Johnson, like the, it's so. Like, how can I get to this? The draft is so full of quality players that if you're taking him, you should be taking him as a bell cow because it doesn't make sense for you to pass on another need, and the draft is front heavy for anybody's needs. I got a pipe dream for you. Okay, Mixon gets cut. Cincinnati moves up a few spots. They probably don't have to be any higher than maybe 20. And they bring him in, and then he still has the same backups that Mixon did. Oh, I'll take that all day. I think that the thing that's working for uh, Robinson is that he just checks all the – without going too in-depth and making this a rookie show, is that he does everything well. But his natural ability, again, going back to, like, the comparisons to Barkley, LaDainian Thompson, as some people say, and even what how he goes as far as Barry Sanders. And I, I don't want to go – I think LaDainian, that comparison to LaDainian that I saw most recently is very fair. He's very natural where he – it's not that he's running laterally. It's not that he's doing something correct um, like Reggie Bush did in USC. No, this kid is very decisive. and His vision is always going to have him falling forward. And he's a great pass catcher, natural pass catcher. And that's something we got to see at the combine. I feel like he's just super safe. And his pedigree is is what's going to really lead him up. To, he's he's a generational talent for a reason. I think. I, I don't think in a, it'll be two or three more years till we see another good player. Because I've been looking at the rookies for college already. But he's just a great player. He's a safe player. But, again, it, I, I feel like we I can say this now, and then, it, again, we not in the NFL. Cowboys might not care. The Chargers might not care. Then that overall pick is like, eh, I'm going to still take him because of, of the upside. <laughs> but at that point, it's not the high of an investment. So that's why I, when I go into drafts, again, I'm, not, I'm having a plan that I'm going to just accrue these picks. And then I'm going to just go through the process. And then along the way, I'm taking people along for the ride. And I'm going to make you think that this is all I'm about. It's all I care about because you know how I am. I move I move lateral. I can see something. And then if I can get a better skill position player, if I can get a better running back, a better receiver, I'm going to trade that same pick I was just coveting and talking mad junk about all these different players and projections going back to how Vander was advertising in the other dynasty. And then I'm going to pivot to get a player that I want. 
So I just keep it real unorthodox, keep everything to the chest. And I think with Dynasty, what I've learned, because we're in a super competitive one, is that you have to be wanting to win first because you got to start winning off the bat. But playing, I'm planning now in 2024 right now, seeing how the draft playing out, how you guys loaded up. A lot of balanced teams in our league. I'm trying to, I'm a playoff team now, but I'm trying to set myself up to put, you know, my stamp on it. If not this year, next year for sure. And definitely uh, have a championship next year. And that about wraps up the show for this week. Next week, we will be moving on to the AFC West. That does it for today. We out.